are listening to Oh This Podcast on the Live 9 Podcast Network. This show may contain colorful language and topics. If you are sensitive to this, please be advised. Now on to the show. of oh this podcast it is our 44th episode and we come to you live from the interwebs we re-upped our aol time it's the 44th episode it's our hank aaron episode steve thank you for joining me through the tubes of the internet uh from the san jose region how are you doing today i'm doing well i actually just uh uh, installed bigger tubes and uh to to feed the internets into my apartment feed me <laughs> or something because, along those lines because comcast uh my my year of comcast was up uh for the agreement price and then they gave me a better offer so that, i took that's lovely lovely it's always good to get more internet and we are on the internet at ohthispodcast.com if you haven't done so you should take and go there you we have lots of awesome stuff that websites have uh we have all the previous episodes uh there blogs musings of sorts if you want to also go there you can click on the support the show link at there and help us by helping you uh if you want to take and drop us a couple dimes on uh, patreon to support the show or if you're looking to buy anything on amazon click through our link there and any of your shopping that you do uh part of your proceeds uh through doing that will take and go help fund this lovely magical show that we take in uh, put on for a semi-weekly, somewhat regular basis. Well, it's re- pretty regular. Uh, it's pretty regular. We're, we're, we've had enough. We've we've had enough fiber. We're doing all right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's Kashi. <laughs> it's <laughs> as Frank Costanzo would say. But Steve, welcome. Tell us everybody a little bit about the beer of the week uh, today, and let's go. Let's just yeah. dive on in. Let's do it. Um, so this week we are uh, taking a little bit of a uh, turn. Uh, we're going to head back to the West Coast and uh, we're going to be drinking a, a sour beer because um, one, I know Patrick doesn't like it too, too much and uh, I'm in the mood for it. So this week we're drinking Befuddlement from the brewery and that's B-R-U-E-R-Y, not, uh, not the traditional spelling the guy's last that's name. That's not is- how you spell Befuddlement. <laughs> the guy's uh last name is rue so uh his his he's worked his name in magically into his business which has done fairly well for themselves so um can't complain there but uh yeah so we are drinking befuddlement again which is a american wild ale it is a actually a blend of two of their beers that they do uh it's one of their anniversary beers which is a bourbon barrel aged old ale um, and then it's all blended in with Sour in the Rye, which is a another one of their flagship kind of beers. Except for the difference here is they they take this beer and bombard it with a bunch of boysenberries. Um, so you have a, a really interesting uh, kind of combination of, uh, of flavors and uh, aromas and things that uh, kind of all hit together here. Um, so really when you pour it, it uh, kind of pours like a purplish brown. Um, and you get uh, a little bit of like pink white head on it just from the berries you can kind of see the the fruit kind of imparting there and uh you get a ton of like tart sweet or tart sweet yeah opposites attract right no uh you get a lot of uh of of really nice tart um 
aroma on the nose with uh, some of the acidity. Um, and then it kind of uh, moves down when you, as you drink it, funky, sour, uh, but really not puckering. Funky sour. It is a funky sour, um, but Easy. it's not puckering. So it's not like you're drinking a warhead or anything like that. It's okay. just got, got enough to kind of uh, let you know it's there. Um, but since it's a, uh, a, a beer that has its uh, origins in the uh, barrel-aged realm, you get a little bit of uh, bourbon to it as well as uh, some of the oak from the barrel-aging process. So it really kind of is a, a befuddling beer uh, because it's got this mess of flavors and it doesn't necessarily, like a lot of people will complain like, oh, this beer is kind of a mess. It's got a lot going on. This one does, but it doesn't do it in necessarily a bad way. It's it's very intriguing. So it, it's also fairly like medium bodied. It's It really doesn't come at you like where you're going to feel like you have to go take a nap after drinking one. It does have a higher alcohol content. It's at like 9.9% alcohol. Um, but it is a, uh, it's, it's fairly well balanced. So you, you don't, uh, necessarily, like I said, you're not going to feel like, uh, you just ate like a thousand calories or anything just by, uh, having one of these. So it's not, uh, it's not one of those kinds of beers, but, uh, it does clock in at 97 on rate beer and it's a 4.34 on beer advocate and like a 4.2 on untapped. So, uh, pretty pretty solid offering. Uh, it's kind of a limited, uh, you, you have limited chances to get it. Um, it's mostly, uh, uh, it sees some distribution, but not uh, much. Most of it comes through uh, the brewery's uh, membership programs. But uh, you, you can, if you're connected enough in the beer community, you can find your way to it. Uh, it's not like it's a uh, super rare beer. So um, I like it. I'm a fan and I know Patrick probably won't, but that's okay. Yeah, because I'm not a huge sour fan. But like, so 99 uh, for the brewery, that is on the low end for some of their product offering stuff. Like it they is. get with some of the, like they're one of the heavy hitters in terms of like highly alcoholic beers, right? What is that? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, it's definitely them. Uh, they're kind of flagship beers, or like their most well known beers. Um, typically range between like fifteen to twenty percent alcohol. Um, in in a lot of instances, uh, they've actually eclipsed twenty percent alcohol on on some occasions on like Black Tuesday uh, versions. So yeah, they they uh, definitely occupy the uh, high ABV space. They have some lesser ones that range like ten to thirteen. But uh, yeah, this being one of their sour beers, it, it's only got with with the malt bill for these types of beers, you can only build them up so much. They can't necessarily um, support crazy high abvs so right, right. it's uh you know without without kind of making it into an even bigger mess of a beer so i like it i'm a fan uh i would probably i would give it a solid four out of out of, out of five on on my ratings but uh yeah i uh i like it um it's it's kind of a nice twist too uh, as things are starting to warm up uh, well not so much in chicago but out here in california it's getting to be that kind of springtime weather. So I wanted to get, get into something a little different. Nice. On the steveBeard.org slash geocity slash hot tub beer slash beer of the angel week fire. slash angelfire.org.edu. Dot biz. Dot EU. Dot biz. <laughs> anyway, that was the longest website ever. So thank you for that. It is sour. I, but I just came up with a beer idea as you were ruminating uh, el so eloquently about this, like the puckering nature of it. Well, said, I wouldn't call it eloquent, but that's uh, fine. <laughs> well, but like you were talking about like the puckering of an atomic warhead. And I'm thinking of like, man, if they would make an atomic warhead cherry stout or like a coffee stout, it would be the most disgusting, like ass backwards beer choice ever known to man. But I would try that <laughs> just for the name <laughs> are, of like, 
Yeah, I mean, there are some breweries that are known for making very acidic sour beers, and I, uh, like, I'm personally uh, not a fan of that. I don't like my face to be melted off by sure, uh, sure. the by the amount of sour. Um, but uh, yeah, some people are some people are into that, and that's uh, you know good for them. Everyone's got different tastes in their in the beer world. That's fine. Um, yeah, I, I prefer a little bit of balance. Uh, the fruit, the fruited sours tend to help balance a little bit just cause you get some of the sweetness from the varying fruits. Um, but you can still, uh, amp it up like cascade brewing up in, uh, up in Portland, like their beers are very, like all fruit based, almost all fruit based and incredibly sour. Um, it, it, to the point where it's like you, I, we, I went and had one at dinner it was a fairly late dinner. It was like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And I had miserable heartburn the rest of the night. So for sure, for sure. Um, you gotta, you gotta know what you're getting yourself into uh, with some of the sours, but uh, this one, not, uh, not in that realm. You can definitely drink this one and kind of enjoy it uh, without having too much to worry about. See sour beers give you late night heartburn. Pizza sauce gives me late night heartburn occasionally. Well, so I wouldn't say that I didn't uh, include other acidic foods. when <laughs> Okay. I was okay. Okay. Beer. Okay. I didn't do myself any favors. I didn't put your business out there, but so no, no. awesome beer of the week. We are going to be drinking this one here. Uh, Steve. So what are we doing? 44. We've we're managed to not get canceled yet. So what are we going to talk about in this lovely uh, 44th episode? Yeah. Well, my friend, we, I, I took a, I took a journey this past uh, weekend and uh, did something that I haven't done since I was, I think six years old. Um, okay. And I went to Disneyland. Um, the greatest, the happiest place on earth. Supposedly. Um, I would say that it was fairly happy. There were, there were a lot of people that were happy to be there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about amusement parks in general uh, and, and some experiences there, because uh, I, I noticed that my, my level of uh, enjoyment uh, has changed as well as the thing, the things that I've enjoyed at the parks have changed uh, over the years. Um, you know, I think, well, I mean, I definitely grew up like six, you know, I was 15 minutes from Six Flags. So that was kind of like the the holy grail at the time, um, you know, when, when you're growing up. And uh, I I got to say, like the rides at Disneyland, man, like don't really uh, don't really compare. Yeah, uh, they the rides at Disneyland kind of boring. Well, but it's uh, also not like really geared geared towards like the Six Flags crowd. Sure. No, I'm not. And I'm not a huge amusement. Like I'm not like uh, out there for like thrill rides and and just going to the max, like the the wild roller coasters and shit, like the stuff they have at like Cedar Point and all that stuff. That's that's not really where I'm coming from with it. Um, But I will say like just just in general, like the the rides are interesting, but it's like a lot of uh, obviously it's a lot of movie based stuff um but there's a lot of like just specific like video based like shaking rides and like experience rides that are not really all that uh you you, you stand in line for a long time and then you go on and you're you wind up leaving very underwhelmed i think right right well so you went to disneyland let's why don't we talk about some like our fate like what's our favorite amusement park that we've ever been to sure and then what's the one that's like questionably like why was this a good one and then like ones of like how about like things of like amusement parks that we had no idea should ever be existing and how about that does that sound okay. good yeah let's go for it like i don't do a ton of amusement parks like i've done the six flags a few times i did the we did obviously great america growing up here and then i think i remember like in high school we the first time, the first and only time I went to New York, there was a Six Flags um, in New Jersey, like just like halfway through the okay. state. 
And so we went there, and that was fun. It was, that was all like the big roller coasters and all that stuff. It wasn't Six Flags Jersey Shore. Or whatever. No, it wasn't Six Flags Jersey Shore, <laughs> Six Flags over the boardwalk or whatnot. But I think for me, like those like big, big amusement parks, I think the best memory that I can remember having was probably like a kid growing up and going to like Disney World Florida. Because okay. like when we went to Disney World Florida, we stayed at like one of the you know how they have all the hotels that are themed around oh, yeah. there i think it, if it's not like a pirate themed hotel or something like that like at least this was you know i was in second grade so it, things sure. may have changed <laughs> um but there was definitely a hotel that i remember staying at and that was pretty fun because it was the whole like experience of like you were there for several days it mm-hmm. was like one day we did the Magic Kingdom and then the next day we did Epcot and then the next day we did the movie one because they didn't have any of the other uh, like the animal stuff or Star right. Wars zone or anything. I don't know what's down there anymore. Um, but like we never did Universal Studios. Like I don't remember doing that growing up. Uh, See, I, I have done Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, I have too. I did that in college. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that one, I think, more than I enjoyed Disneyland at the time. Yeah, because I think the movies were more relatable. Right. Um, and then I remember at the Universal Studios in in California, they had uh, the Blues Brothers car and okay. the Jaws stuff. And they had a, like a live-action display of like the Waterworld movie. Kevin Costner's <laughs> fine uh, feature film of that. I'm like, huh, okay, this was 2009 that I remember going to see this. And I'm like... Waterworld really wasn't that great in the movies. Like, how would you want to uh, do this here on a live action show? But I guess, you know, they had a tank. They had a, a bunch of explosives. <laughs> you know, do Waterworld. So, you know, do you. Um, I remember there being like a Simpsons ride there uh, and stuff. But it always felt like the Universal Studios was really tied towards the movies. Like, I think Disney cops out like it's a... I, and I was just watching Jim Gaffigan. He's got a whole skit on this, like, on his one of his things is like Disney World kind of or Disney World and Disneyland. They kind of cop out because like it's a wonderful life. Was this an amusement at some point, even for them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're gonna sit in a little boat and watch these little dolls talk to us and stuff. Yeah, and, that and that's the weird thing is like the. I mean, there were some some interesting ones, but. Uh, you know, admittedly, we I didn't go to the. They have another park at Disneyland now, which is like Disney California Adventure. Um, which is I that think where you has... just sit in traffic on the freeway? <laughs> no, no okay. the uh, the the complex in Anaheim is actually pretty pretty well put together. But uh, the yeah that park I don't I can't vouch for, but I think it has more of the uh, typical theme park experience, uh, so that you're, you're looking at more rides and things still all very themed, but I think Disneyland being as old as it is and having as limited, as limited space as it does, um, doesn't really, uh, doesn't really measure up necessarily. Like I, I would prefer to go to Six Flags Great America again over going to Disneyland again. Um, for sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. If I was picking between the two, like that, that would be where I would go. Um, the, I will say that Disney does have this one. They have one thing down pat and the app that they have for the park. That's, that's excellent. 
uh, because you can see the wait times for all the rides. Okay. And and like what attractions are broken and shit, which a lot of shit was broken when we were there. I, I like, can imagine, you know, every like half hour of Space Mountain was broken, um, pretty much all day. Um, and that's kind of one you want to have like working because it's uh, it, it's in the dark. And right, <laughs> I remember I rode Space Mountain, and they're like, "Sir, you have to sit in the back, but you also have to like lean down, kind of thing," mm-hmm. because I was getting a little tall on the the height thing there to like you gotta like scrunch down otherwise like i can't imagine if anybody was like being tall at an amusement park sucks now being over yeah. probably six foot two it's like there's no oh, way yeah. like it's like flying spirit airlines and that's not even a good amusement <laughs> park right there my knees were uh wedged into the back of uh at least three rides where uh oh like we we rode the teacups oh and, yeah so you're like, splitting legs yeah. yeah and both both me and my girlfriend are, are tall so it's like we're trying to find a way to fit in this teacup it, it, i mean it worked but i wouldn't say uh that it was up there in, in terms of comfort for sure oh for sure um, i can say that the teacups is the one of the best rides the best ride i'm a fan i'm a big fan of the teacups i remember uh, that trip that i went with uh, my family when we went to uh the disney world um you know the multicultural experience of using the teacups I remember sitting there with my dad and I told him all I want you to do. I was literally like seven years old, eight years old at the time. I'm like, spin this as hard as you can. And he's just cranking <laughs> on the thing and just trying to like, cause to get it as like fast as like, and sick as we can get it. It was, I love that thing. Yeah. And you always, the, uh, yeah. The teacups are, you know, Machu Picchu. Very, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in on that for sure. Um, I mean, we went on, uh like the thunder mountain railroad um which is actually a pretty good ride i, I almost like hit that. my head on that <laughs> yeah that's another one where it's uh, it's a little a little cramped um but yeah space mountain we were in line for it and it broke down so we left uh then we went on the buzz lightyear uh uh ride and let me tell you so before we go too much further into is other that parks, space space mountain called uh, rewriting no. So there's a Buzz Lightyear ride where basically you sit in this like motorized uh, chair and you play laser tag through this through this uh, attraction. So like they give you targets and you shoot at the targets and you have to take down Emperor Zerg. Um, okay. So I mean it was a short line and we're like, all right, whatever. Um, I don't really care what the line is. I just want to go on something. So, um, but while we're in this line, and this is where I was talking about like how my uh, tastes have changed in terms of what I enjoy. Um, cause I mean, the park was fine. I had a, we had a great, we had a good time, but I was dying laughing while we were in the line. I think the best part of the whole, like the whole experience of waiting around was there was this family in front of us and there was these kids. They were probably like the one kid was probably, I don't know, six or seven. And then the other kid might've been like eight or nine. And the younger kid was just straight up punting his brother <laughs> or his friend or whomever it was like <laughs> just like just kicking the hell out of them the entire time they were in line and apparently this was a game like they weren't they weren't getting upset about it or anything they weren't like howling in pain and like the kid was going after his ankles like he was just like <laughs> punting punting them right in the leg and for for minutes on end and the parents are just kind of like not really caring about it so obviously it's like it at that point if they don't say something it's sanctioned um and <laughs> so i'm just watching this and like Far and away, that was the most enjoyable experience. It's of, a league uh, game. But my weekend was uh, watching people uh, kick, watching children kick each other in line. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. Okay. 
So as you're saying the Buzz Lightyear thing, if they had any Toy Story attraction a ride, if I was a ride designer, I would do like a claw game. Like the basically all you would do is just like you're the little like you're inside of a little green alien and it's just the claw and it picks you up and then puts you over here. That would be my ride 100 percent. I was I was. So one of my only goals for the weekend was to go and get a little green like rubber plastic alien yeah like like you would have got out of the machine had you won it and they do not have that anywhere in the park i don't understand that That they have stuffed aliens they have an entire store that's like that's dedicated to toy story um but they do not have just a little like that's all i wanted was the little plastic guy uh or rubber guy and it so it was i was like how do you not just have that as an attraction like literally just take people's money and say, Hey, here's $5. Like I'm going to put it in here and Oh, look, I want an alien. Right. Like that's the perfect would, way to get it. You would have, I mean, not that Disney has trouble making money, but that would be one way of just getting more of it. Yeah. Literally printing cash. Yeah. So let's go on to obscure ones now here. Oh yeah. So what, like, I know that you probably have one, but there, I don't know if you've ever been to the greatest uh, state of Tennessee. And ever been to what I would call the redneck Disney World, uh, <laughs> none other to the 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 namesake of one Miss Dolly Parton and her oh, Dollywood. Yes. Have you ever been there? I've not. Or do been you know to about Dollywood, this? Oh, but I have been to uh, Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede, which oh, is hillbilly medieval times. Oh God, <laughs> that could fit in this category. Dolly Parton Dollywood. I think I remember, God, it was right around that time. I was a really, really young kid. But they had, like, the log ride where the water, like, won and you walk through the river and then the raft thing. And then they had, like, a train thing. Literally, in the, it was the pride and jewel of the Smoky Mountains. And I just remember lots of, like, wood-carved statues, like, that you could buy. And, like, old-timey uh, it's Western-ish, like, photography. It's like a Cracker Barrel with a theme park. Yes, exactly, <laughs> but with Dolly Parton slapping her name yeah. and everything that goes along with that on there. That is by far one of the best things. And th- at the end of the day, it's like when you're done with Dollywood, you can just hop into Pigeon Forge, get your taffy, ride go-karts, play miniature golf, buy fireworks, you know. I'm not going to lie. Going to the Pigeon Forge area, you know, I'm a big fan of the Dollywood, so um, okay, yeah, it's obscure enough to to think about. It's like okay, like was Conway Twitty not around to take and do like, or <laughs> what about Johnny Cashville? Like, how did Dolly Parton end up having this be her? You know, how did I think it's I think it's the same way that George Foreman wound up with the Foreman Grill. You know, like Hulk Hogan had one, and he passed on the on the naming rights. No, but didn't Hulk Hogan have pasta mania? He did have pasta mania. <laughs> How about then, that? That would be the obscure like uh, theme park I would go. Hulk Hogan's pasta mania in Hollywood, <laughs> Florida, and it's just like a, a Hulk Hogan pasta mania related amusement park in Florida. That would be a tough sell. I uh, I think given the success or the failure of the restaurant, I don't know if it's going to uh, necessarily catch on as a theme park. But hey, Macho Man Randy Savage's Slim Jim's theme park. <laughs> You know, we could rest in peace. Yes, we could figure this out. But insert professional wrestler, bad endorsement, theme park, and you've got something. I'm kind of surprised the WWE doesn't have a theme park, to be honest. 
I could see Vince McMahon doing something like that. Yeah, maybe the outcome if the XFL fails, but still. Yeah, right. <laughs> are, are there any of these amusement parks that you've been to that have been like completely obscure? Like that you've like where in the yes who like I remember Kittyland in the Chicago suburbs. Like that okay, was yeah. One, now it's a Costco that's, parking lot. Right, and that one's like that's like really small too. It like, was really a, small, yeah. and it was like um, right by the uh, the harness racetrack. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over by uh, Maywood. Maywood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, my I have two that are kind of obscure. One less obscure than the other, but uh, I think no one really. This is kind of similar to your Dollywood. Uh, um, I've been to Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is a very similar uh, setup, I would imagine, to your uh, um, Dolly Parton's uh, Dollywood. Uh, there's a lot of. I mean, there are a fair amount of rides and roller coasters, but it's definitely that old timey like Wisconsin Dells type feel to it. I guess uh, I totally like, forgot about the Dells. Oh yeah, um, it's it's got that it's got that element to it. Um, and that one I went after I went to Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede, so I kind of got <laughs> I kind of covered both sides of the coin there. Um, but the other one I've been to that I don't know if it's necessarily obscure, but I don't think a lot of people from the Midwest would consider going there. I've been to Bush Gardens in Virginia. Um, well, yeah, Bush Gardens is the chain. Like there wasn't there one in St. Louis too. There's the one in Tampa. There was one in like San Diego. Like it was like it's like a zoo and a roller yeah. coaster place. Like together. And now I know that the one or whatever was in um, St. Louis, I think, is a Great America or Six Flags. Now. They switched it. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, so yeah, Shamu Bush Gardens Tank is gone. Yeah, Bush Gardens in uh, uh, Virginia. I've been to, and that one was was cool only because we went on like a Monday afternoon or a Monday morning, like so not a soul was in the park. We were on our DC trip in eighth grade, so it's like you could get in line and ride the same ride like seven times in a row and not have anyone get between you and and you know your the, your buddies that you were riding with. So they only had like three or four roller coasters, but uh, yeah, that one was. Uh, but yeah, the, the zoo thing is weird because like, Hey, I'm riding a roller coaster and I can see they're like, they've got it all kind of like set up. Like it's a, uh, you know, they've got like jungle habitats and stuff like that. I didn't know, didn't pay attention to whether there were actually any animals there. So there might be, <laughs> and I just didn't pay attention. There's just like but palm trees and shit all around. It was, I mean, it definitely seemed like they may have had a zoo there. So I don't want to, I don't want to put, uh, you know, Bush Gardens too far out there and say that they did or did not have them because uh, I frankly didn't pay enough attention to it. That's good. That's good. So if you did win the Super Bowl, would you go to Disneyland or would you choose to go to some other amusement park or would you I, even go to an amusement park in general? I would, I would, well, or like Euro Disney. Is, my general feeling is no. Did you know, I think Euro Disney like a lot of those aren't even owned by Disney. They're just licensed. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, the, I, well, in general, no, I would not go to a amusement park if I won the Super Bowl um, in any way, shape or form. Uh, but if I had to go, um, I would not, if like, if I had to pick a, a theme park to go to because I won the Super Bowl, it certainly wouldn't be Disneyland. I've, I've done Disneyland. I don't think I ever have to go back to Disneyland. For sure. Um, I've seen it as a, I've, I've experienced it as a child. I've experienced as adult now Disney's California adventure. That's a separate park. So I won't, I'll reserve judgment there. Um, I would probably go to Disney world if I was absolutely forced to, um, but it would have to be in the winter, which is fortunate because it's the Super Bowl and it takes place then because uh, Orlando is a miserable place 10 months of the year. So uh, yeah, it would need to be 
cold wherever I'm at and I would go there for some warmth because otherwise it's just a hundred degrees and 95% humidity and I hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've really like, I feel bad for the summer vacationer, the, you know, the person who has to go to Disneyland or no, not Disneyland, but Disney world Orlando during, you know, you see dad and mom there just sweating their yeah. asses off. Like I went to, I went to Disneyland. And so we played, a, uh, our big, um, end of the year softball tournaments are, are down at Disney. Um, and it's August or September. So you're smack in the middle of like the hottest point of the year. And you just sit there and you're sweating from 8am until 8pm or whenever it is you go home that day like it's non-stop like you get out of the car you start sweating you play a game you're sweating like you cannot escape it it's the worst see this is why you need to go to hulk hogan's pasta mania land in hollywood florida (laughs) it's open 12 months a year it's got (laughs) a dog track it's we could put it at west palm beach kennel club there could be the dog track right next to it this is practically writing itself i'm buying the domain i like that concept because they don't sell beer or alcohol at disneyland um you can get it outside of the like the park in the downtown Disney area. And it's like, I, I can understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, it's like, man, just, just help a brother out. Like I need an alcoholic Chiro. <laughs> like, like I'm in Anaheim. Do I really want to ever be in Anaheim? Not particularly. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but so I got to be there with a bunch of families and kids like, man, and I think they're putting a ballast point brew pub in the downtown Disney area, but it's like, um, you know, let me have a beer. Like I'll even put it in a souvenir cup, like a travel mug. I don't care. <laughs> I don't need to flaunt it. I don't need to flaunt social yeah. norms. I did buy a souvenir cup though, because I'm a child. Yes, exactly. Did you get the ears? I did not. They were, that's $25 for the ears. Yeah. $25 for a churro. No, dude. I, the churros were great value. Like if we were playing roller coaster tycoon, the little guy would pop up and say like the churro from churro stand one is great value. Uh, <laughs> Because it was like four fifty or four seventy five for a churro, like ballpark price. It's not bad, dude. There's been some churro pl- price elasticity that's going on <laughs> in this Disneyland. I just remember, like, I, that's the thing too. It's like I think maybe they have like prime time season and off season prices, though. Sure, I mean, for sure. It's not like the tickets we bought are not peak, but they're not like the discounted rates either. So like we got the the run of the mill rate. Which don't get me don't get me wrong. Like the prices inside the park, I was kind of surprised that they weren't. I mean, they're fairly pricey but not like not as bad as i ex- i was expecting but jesus christ the ticket cost to get into disneyland is outrageous yeah and they're raising it like another 18 percent or something it's it's over a hundred dollars to go to disneyland for a day that's crazy and when you said like oh the they're in season off season i thought you meant if it was the churros in season <laughs> or off season if it was prior to the harvest or post harvest <laughs> post harvest uh, post harvest <laughs> for the natural being that is the churro so I think with that, we've like fully exhausted uh, one thing. Any lasting words? How were your dogs feeling after, you know? Oh, they were they were barking. Uh, I think we, well, we walked from our hotel, which was where we stayed for the, the podcast, for podcast movement. Which is at least um, a mile away. Yeah, give About, or take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think my Fitbit said I walked like 11 and a half miles that day. Um, so yeah, it was like 20 some thousand steps. I was we were pretty well beat. Like we were considering going back to the park after dinner and we were like, no, let's go drink some beer. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So we will take and tie a bow on that. And I think the moral of the story is with amusement parks, just go to Dollywood because you can take and drive things, go karts, miniature golf, do all that fun (laughs) stuff. And you're in the mountains. So here, 
Steve, what are we talking about next? Well, my friend, let's talk about uh, we've got a, a special holiday coming up. Uh, and we, if, you've, if you've been a longtime listener, you'll know that uh, the Oh This Podcast crew is a fan of uh, holidays. This one, not so obscure, though. Um, but it does give us a uh, chance to discuss one of our uh, a topic that we both uh, enjoy imbibing in. Uh, why don't we get into the nuances and the nitty gritty of the Valentine's Day candy, my friend? Okay. I like that. Where, where are you going for candy here? Uh, this, uh, this, you've got, uh, well, what do we got? Well, technically, what, four to six hours before, uh, before Valentine's Day officially hits. But, uh, I mean, there'll be, there'll be a fair amount of candy to be, uh, to be around tomorrow. You can get it last minute. Um, you going to make a, make a run to go uh, stock your shelves? I think I'm going to make a run on Thursday. Thursday, you're gonna go so get the, get the day after, you know. So for the for the lovers on the budget, uh, Patrick is alluding to the fact that most stores will put their uh, finest products out on clearance for what would you say between forty and sixty percent off? Huge uh, savings, deep discounts. Huge. Bob's uh, Bob Discount Warehouse, Bobopedic mattress discounts. You know, <laughs> you can get them at the dump. You know, they got to sell through two million dollars worth of inventory. They can't have it there. No, yeah, I would. I'm a I'm a big be, proponent of the uh, the discount candy game. Yeah, and I wouldn't be doing it for like the fact that I need it. It would basically be keeping it around for next year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'll it, it's just sugar. It'll it'll keep. Yeah, you know? You're gonna hold on to milk chocolate uh, for a, over a year. That might not work, but you know, if I've learned anything from my grandpa, you just put that in the freezer. You know, chocolate yeah. covered or the cho- solid chocolate Santa lasted a whole year. <laughs> she had to Fair whack enough. its head, whack its head off with a meat cleaver, uh, <laughs> which may, you know, I was just going to say like, you could get the chocolate covered bunnies, but that's a different holiday coming up um, for this. But like, I don't know. I'll probably go tomorrow, get some of the things when it comes for me for like, there's several different categories of the Valentine's day co- or coffee, okay. not coffee. Let's try that again. It's another C word. Candy. Candy. There is the heart candies, right? Where it's like Like the heart the heart the heart box of chocolates, right? Okay. Or the delicate chocolates and all that. The uh as Jim as Jim Gaffigan would put it, I believe, the gamble chocolates. Yes. And it's like twenty percent of these chocolates are good. But then eighty percent of them like and he literally alludes to the fact that there's like, oh, this one tastes like toothpaste on there. (laughs) It's like but the funny thing is, I think that the people that are making these chocolates are purposely fucking with you because the ones that look good always taste like hot garbage. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It seems yes. like the ones that are like, oh, maybe we'll fool them this year and take and make this one, you know, and the ones that look like just like absolute like it's green and got like <laughs> purple on top of it. It's like the best tasting, whatever, because you, you, you know that you, no one's ever going to go for that one. You don't judge it, like, but then I I, I kind of want to take and like figure out like the the anatomy of the science that goes behind uh, taking and doing this whole battleship kind of thing, because okay. you gotta assume that are they randomly placed chocolates based upon the location, because how awesome would it be to fuck with people and just like okay, half of it's bad, half of it's good, or randomly place it too, right. Or, like, you give them a map that's completely wrong of it. I don't know. I would be bad. If I worked for Fannie Mae, I would not have a job <laughs> after that. The uh, the thing that – so I've noticed that in some of the uh, more current candy hearts or, or heart-shaped boxes of chocolate, 
they put a diagram on of what um what each one is like based roughly on the position that it would be placed in um it's usually on the ones that are like large larger larger like not the like, like the medium size or the small ones they usually don't do that because there's only you know four the small pieces ones, there might be four pieces the medium ones there might be six or eight um so it's one on the on the larger sizes um i assume they've done so um for the purposes of like allergies um uh, possibly oh, yeah. Like if you're allergic I, to ham salad, you don't want right. to get the one that <laughs> you don't want to get that one. <laughs> it's white. It's got a bow on it. It's it's ham salad and caramel. I don't I don't want to know how they got shelf stable ham salad. <laughs> I don't but, know either. But uh, we'll put that on the I, list I'm of experiments of, to work with. I'm kind of against the notion of outside of any health requirements, uh, which again that's that's a different ball game. Um, but I'm kind of against the notion of knowing what the chocolate is. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm there. I'm going to gamble with it. I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to go and grab whatever chocolate it is. I'm feeling like, I don't want to know what, what's there. I don't want to cheat sheet. I want to use my own experiences to, uh, to, to form my, uh, my chocolate decision. Now, inevitably I will grab the coconut one and be pissed off because I grabbed the coconut one, but that's that's on me that's my flaw let me live with that i don't want to i don't want to cheat sheet i want my i, I need my pride to be involved in this. see the part that i'm always afraid of is i'm gonna get the one that's gonna be like a gushers that's gonna be like some sort of like jelly donut style like <laughs> chocolate that when sure. you bite in it it's literally gonna like the gushers uh fruit snacks yeah. And it's like you bite in it and you can't, it's so bad that you can't undo what you just did without <laughs> like gracefully trying to take and do that. that. Those are what I'm afraid of. But I know lots of people like the, you know, the 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 heart shaped boxes of uh, chocolates there. What say you about I'm going to go into I rather prefer the antacid looking uh, hearts, the little wafer. Uh um yeah the the chalk hearts yeah the ones with like the messages on them yeah those are trash my friend well Um, no there's some that are trash no they're all trash well i mean if you need tums it's a great way to take and you know (laughs) take and work off your acidic beers and stuff but like i think um smarties makes one of them or sweet tarts make some of them yeah not that that's a different ball game that's a variation that's a remix it's a hybrid theory remix yeah oh god (laughs) with jay-z what was collision course yeah (laughs) that's a collision course right there oh shit um no i'm i'm not a fan of the chalk ones uh i like like if there was like a shock tarts version of that or, or a sweet tarts version of that, I, I can get behind it. But the, uh, like even, a, even the smarties, uh, that's a, that's going to be a pass for me. I did see, I was looking on, uh, uh, when we were prepping for the show and I came across some website, delish.com and it had the most popular like candy, uh, Valentine's day candy by state. Okay. So I was like, all right, well I'll bite on this. It's a listicle. Um, I get to California and it's you know the typical it's the the hearts you know the your your sweethearts with the message on it and all that good stuff but for illinois i get to it i'm like all right let's see what what this is all about they said chocolate roses yeah i, I can like, see that no there's no way that illinois like their most popular candy for valentine's day is chocolate roses now it might be their most unique one or something like that but there's no fucking way like how many how many chocolate roses have you bought in your life I've never bought one. 
exactly zero okay and not to say that like we're representative of the entire population but i've i'm fairly certain that there's no way that there's that that that's the most popular item purchased in the state of illinois for for valentine's day candy it may be down down state too we're, we're uh, a subsection but of that's you know that's basically kentucky like if you know, once, once you're south of i-80 you know, they want to celebrate the agriculture instead of uh, <laughs> coronary disease. You know, I don't know. We'll see. No, well, they want to celebrate agriculture with coronary disease by by, add, by adding milk chocolate to, to the rose. <laughs> so wouldn't it be funny if you dressed up like a little cherub like Cupid, like as a fully grown adult male and handed out chocolate to people? No, I don't think that'd be funny. I think you, you would wind up in jail for that. Okay, so that changes my plans <laughs> so, for tomorrow. So your, your agenda is, is definitely... <laughs> well, I got that dash. Good thing it was only like 32 degrees outside, so I could get my my toga diaper <laughs> working. <laughs> oh, boy. Would um, you like some candy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one's not going to... People are very leery of uh, that kind of behavior these days. I don't think it would work out. Resident um, West Loop resident arrested for handing out candy while wearing cherub <laughs> outfit on corner news at 11. <laughs> his comment was i want to speak to your manager (laughs) exactly exactly um how about uh are you you a chocolate fan or the fruit flavored uh, candy at this point yeah you know what i don't even care no (laughs) just as long as it's something you know probably one and one little column a little column b sure i think that's fair you know what i probably will go buy a heart shaped piece box of candy just for the sheer notion of you know i'm a gambling man if i can get 20 percent of them out without like getting a nasty one i've mm-hmm. won and yeah. if it's if it's 80 percent off then i just basically got the can it, it's a watch my economics <laughs> are there you know yeah it's uh i mean you do live very uh very near uh some uh retail establishments that would uh would allow you the luxury of picking a variety of heart shaped boxes of chocolate so that's a plus you you don't have to strain yourself to uh find those or the internet will have plenty of these the internet could have them but you know it's even in this on-demand world with the internet uh are you going to be able to get them tomorrow are they are you going to bring them to your door i don't know well we, we shall we <laughs> shall see um so i'm going off of like how do you feel about like the traditional candy like your your normal candy bar so like your your reese's your uh your snickers like do you like their heart-shaped variations that they inevitably do for the holiday do they have them i don't even know yeah well reese's probably not like reese's hearts or anything but they have you know valentine's day packaging but like snickers has hearts for sure really yeah i I don't think i've ever had it because i never thought of that being as like i don't know I don't think that's a true thing. See, I but like I mean, the I like the novelty uh, like Snickers more than I think I like Snickers bars. Interesting. Okay. I li- like the Snickers egg for Easter. I'm all about that. Like that's money. The the Snickers hearts typically smaller, so they're not uh um you don't get the full experience, but they're they're pretty solid. I don't know, maybe it's just the way that they're layered. I like the composition better, but uh yeah, that's I'm I'm all about those ones. I never even thought about that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to inquire thusly at my local retail <laughs> establishment, uh, and ponder what uh, their product offerings are, and may procure some with a 
for consumption. I don't know. I'll have to take a look at that. I've never. It's a business expense. For, no, it's a scientific experiment. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever eaten an egregious amount of candy for a scientific experiment? Yeah, yeah, but it's mostly been Halloween. <laughs> no, I remember also like I got something with like jelly beans, like when we come to like we'll talk about Easter candy when we get there. But like something about jelly beans, I like one day the day after Easter went to my local establishment and picked up a bunch of bags of jelly beans and decided, yep, yeah, well, I'm going to pound like these like three pound bags and just handful after a handful for no apparent reason, <laughs> just housing straight like starburst jelly beans. And just like thinking to myself, well, that was not a good idea. <laughs> and several hours later, it's like, oh, God, that's really not a good idea. It's like eating pizza sauce and having a sour beer in Portland. It's just like, ooh, hey, oh, hey, oh, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, for science, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily label that. I wasn't taking observations and measurements. Um, however, I, you were taking you, observations and you always take them subliminally or subconsciously. If, yeah. Okay. But if you don't document your research and then share it with the world, it's not science. So are you saying when I was walking through Miami beach and almost fell into the ocean after my margarita consumption a couple of years ago, that wasn't science. Well, you've documented it. So you can now be elaborated on and worked upon. Yes. We and you be- have, and you know how much you consumed so that you can, uh, when others attempt this, they can replicate uh, your experiment. God, that was so much fun. <laughs> For um, you guys who don't know, I got hammered in Miami watching a Miami Dolphins New York Jets game uh, a couple years ago. Had about 12 margaritas and walked the two miles back to my hotel on the beach and kind of started to stumble and kind of sway a little bit into the ocean. And the chop kind of got me as I was getting back to the hotel. Ocean wins again. (laughs) Um, Last last thing for me on the the Valentine's Day candy. I find that around, well, there's more like seasonality now with like the Hershey's Kiss line. So they do like special Christmas ones. They do like like the peppermint ones. Peppermint ones are legit. Um, Oh yeah, they're they're real good. Um, but they've got, I think, around this time of year, they do like a strawberry one, which is pretty surprisingly good. I don't know, maybe I just like artificial strawberry flavoring. Um, but I'm gonna try and seek some of those out. And then they've also got, and this is not necessarily related to Valentine's Day, but biscuits they have a and gravy. And yeah, biscuits and gravy. <laughs> oh wait, cookies and cream. Okay, same difference. The cookies and cream one, are, those are very legit. So I will, uh, those those may be procured and uh, stashed. Uh, in my abode for later consumption. Hershey Kisses ham salad. I don't even want to know where <laughs> they got that one from either. All, all of course, to celebrate love because right. that's what it's all about, right? Exactly. I any, love uh, any definitive uh, purchases that uh, you're going to have? No, not no. At you're all. gonna you're gonna let your heart guide you when you get there. Something like that. <laughs> my cherub-like demeanor may take in, uh, you know. <laughs> where's my wallet (laughs) fortunately there's not a costco within walking distance of your of your apartment oh that's true that's very very true because you you would buy in bulk because of the savings oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i don't know if they do like costco bulk savings they might just ship that to retailers or the ship that back to the corporate so we'll we'll have to see i'll inquire thusly with uh, some people in the inner workings of that organization (laughs) as to (laughs) You have, you have an inside source. I have a source. 
not asking you to reveal that source. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Well, let's uh, you know, let's let's take our heart-shaped box full of chocolates and uh, put a bow on that and move on to our next topic. You just Kurt Cobain that one, so I did. I did. Awesome. Well, see, I mean, kind of. I mean, we in spirit, yes, but uh, you know, in uh, in in true uh, form of the song. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily it's know. It's not that related. Fine. It was more Burt Lomame. Let's go with that. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Patrick, you yourself are a, a man that likes to travel the world and and see uh, varying uh, locales. And you've got yourself a a little travel journey uh, coming up here. And uh, we need to know because it's a place that you're familiar with. Um, but it is one that uh, you could shed some light on for some of our listeners and give us uh, the, the true sense of uh, what this uh, city has to offer. Uh, for those who are not interested in, you know, your, uh, you know, going and reading your guidebooks, you know, for people who want to who wanna experience the city like a local might do. Um, Patrick, why don't you give us a primer? First, lead us off with uh, where you're headed and then uh, give us the real Patrick tour of this city. The real Patrick, the real Peterman tour, you know, it's a three musketeers bar with, with the real <laughs> Peterman eats. So yeah, I guess um, I'll be headed out into the, the fine uh, upper Northwest Pacific Northwest uh, region of the state of Washington this week um, to go visit my brother out in Seattle. And it is a, it is a magnificent place. It does rain a lot. So I think you're trying to get to like a day in the life of me up there. And it's like, these are the tour things that if you really want to go experience while you're out there that you should probably do not because they're things that you should do, but they're things that I like to do. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of where we're going with this. And, you know, I'm going to hopefully try to like keep it where it's, you know, as uh, consumer friendly as possible, but I do have some strong feelings about some things there that you have to do. So, Steve, I will be going there this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, what is one of the first things that you do when you go to a, t to a new city, besides get off an airplane or whatever? Um, typically, uh, depending on the day, I'm scoping out uh, the, uh, where I'm going to get my next feed on. Okay, yes. So, I shall be arriving in the, the greater Pacific Northwest, and it's almost invariably true that you will find me uh, – Within the first few hours, uh, imbibing of one of the finest of teriyaki restaurants that uh, <laughs> is around the the many many uh, cities and statehoods and uh, feudal colonies that they have out there uh, across the majestic Pacific Northwest Seattle Greater Seattle Tacoma region. Um, but there is one that I will recommend. And I haven't done a Yelp review, but I've been going there for many, many years. And trust me, I've been to many of them. You will find me on Mercer Island. If you haven't know where that is, you can Google it. And there is this one place, and it is known by the great name of Gourmet Teriyaki. And you will sit, see me probably in the corner eating a spicy teriyaki chicken uh, within. I I'm literally probably going to land you know, mid-morning lunchtime i will be there i will get the rental car drive right there to eat that <laughs> it will be the first thing that i will consume uh okay. it it's you think of pacific northwest you think of seattle you think of seafood and stuff like that there's something out there with the teriyaki it's not good for you at all it is so not good for you but it tastes so good and people are like well 
you don't get that in Chicago? It's like, yeah, no, we don't. Not as much. (laughs) Uh, Not so much here. So that's going to be the first thing I'm going to do. Then I'm going to basically probably spend some time with my brother, uh, head up and, you know, sit in traffic because there's lots of it out there. So if you haven't been out to the great Seattle region recently, um, it's it's hard to drive around. So prepare for that. Um, I remember looking at a couple of years ago, some artists put out a map of all the like major cities and their transportation trains mm-hmm. maps. And it was like someone did like a, a rendering of this, uh, the subway system in New York City. And it's all these different lines and beer, or, to all the different boroughs and everything of that. And then they did the Chicago, and then they did the London, the Loop, and all that stuff. And then they did Seattle. And at the time when this artist did this, it was one straight line. <laughs> and so, like, you have to deal with these this traffic. So, like, one of the big things out there that you got to take and understand, and as you're dealing with uh, being out there, is prepare to be sitting in traffic or taking and dealing with the toll roads that they have out there. But uh, another thing that I will recommend doing is if you're ever in there – in the region, in the greater Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Everett, Tacoma, Linwood, uh, Metroplex region, one of the things that you should do is try to go from the months of late September to early April, and then you will get to experience hockey at its true finest. And when I say hockey at its true finest, you get to experience not only the greatest WHL team known to man, as in the Everett Silvertips, but fuck <laughs> Coolbird, fuck them hard. Coolbird sucks. <laughs> well, please, let's elaborate on Coolbird and uh, the, this affiliation and and uh, and why you need to so strongly feel about uh, uh, hating on Coolbird. So. Couple years ago, basically about uh, I'm gonna say I'm blanking on the year that the formation occurred. Ever- the Everett Silvertips joined the WHL, which is the Western Hockey League, which is a major junior affiliate. Um, so it's 16 to 20 year old kids that are playing in hockey, and the CHL is premier level hockey. Coolbird is the mascot that happens to be the for the rival seattle thunderbirds the incumbent seattle hockey team for many many moons and coolbird's just a jackass and it's a stupid little like totem bird looking thing with like this big beak and he looks like a dummy and he just is the mascot for the worst team ever known to man that happened to win the whl championship last year but the rivalry is thick and the rivalry is there it is hard it is one of the you know most vaunt well they don't have any pro hockey out there so you know for them it's a really it's an interesting thing and the teams play what 30 or 40 miles away from each other Mm that seattle thunderbirds were there for the longest time they used to play in the key arena which was interesting because their stadium uh it was where the sonics used to play and it didn't they closed off they only had like three quarters of the stadium uh open for the hockey games because oh, okay. the rink wasn't uh, the basketball configuration. Sure, was like they could do everything, but they couldn't do that with the hockey configuration. Mm-hmm. So part of this trip will be uh, experiencing some of the finest that is, uh, you know, home and home rivalry week hockey. Oh yeah, Friday night Kent Showwear Center, Saturday night. Uh, I guess it was the Xfinity Arena, Everett. Um, and it's now called the Angels of the Wind Casino Arena, which is a <laughs> mouthful. But uh, 
or something along those lines. But definitely one of the the perks of going out there this time of year is being able to see some good hockey. Um, yes. So keep an eye on ESPN too if you see a uh, large bearded man uh, assaulting a bird mascot in a terrible costume. Because <laughs> Patrick gets pretty amped up about his WHL hockey. Yeah. Hey, oh, I mean, just on the just on the topics of mascots. I mean, you got a, a bird versus what a, a silver tip badger, I assume. No, Lincoln. No? He's a, a grizzly bear, and it, the, a, the reason his name oh, is it's the, the the okay the grizzly yeah the silverback uh, grizzly bears. He's just a grizzly bear, and the yeah. reason his name is Lincoln is because of the uh, USS Abraham Lincoln that is docked. Um, at home port is in Everett, okay. Washington, for the naval station. That's pretty badass. So it's number yeah, 72, that's, that's which bad. is cool. And it's like, fuck cool bird. Like the USS cool bird. <laughs> like I would move to France if that was an actual name <laughs> of this thing. Like, so it, it's like the USS Toucan Sam. <laughs> like we went, so I went to a game opening night of the Showware center in Kent where they built this new stadium down there and happened to be the Everett silver tips that came down. They did it on purpose to come down there. And, we're sitting there in the seats and it was just a debacle of just like dumbassery as any franchise could do the stadium. Uh, so you know how they have the chuck a puck sure. where you like you chuck it in They're They were doing the chuck a puck and the car, you had to like get it through the sunroof and that got you an entry to win the car at the end of the year. Well, the stadium was set up where the car was coming out, like what would be where the doors between behind one of the goals were. Mm -hmm. And the guy had the sunroof open while he was sitting there waiting to go onto the ice. And so people <laughs> were pelted him with the freaking pucks <laughs> while he was sitting there. So that was that happened um, <laughs> during the middle of the game. Somebody didn't realize that they had to close the doors uh, once they did and set the light. So somebody checked somebody behind the goal of the same spot as doors and the goal light freaking falls down like in the middle of the game, just like plunk <laughs> clunks down. And I'm like, okay, that's probably not going to be good. And then they had the entrances from the two players. Uh, again, it was like a, they had bleachers on one side of the stadium. And then the rest of it was a, a single tier, like mm -hmm. bowl stadium. Okay. And so the player entrances come out on the, what would, what would it be like the quarter boards of the dashers, like on the corners. Yeah. And <laughs> Somebody didn't get the door closed. And so during the middle of the game, people got their sticks caught in the, like, as you're dumping chase, mm -hmm. one person got a stick caught in the door because it wasn't fully closed and the boards hadn't set and everything like that. And then there was a check that actually went and opened the door during play. <laughs> and it happened twice. And these guys, there was a kid who was sitting on like a chair behind one of the doors on the, would have been the silver, uh, the, seattle thunderbirds uh entrance hashtag fuck cool bird um and he was sitting on this like chair that was like right behind the door well when the the door for the silver tips opened up in during regulation play this wasn't like at the end this was a forceful not even a forceful cross check or anything into the boards the guy the usher's like yeah we should move you away from this door because that was an insurance lawsuit waiting to happen. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then you go up to Comcast Arena, Xfinity, Angels of the Wind Arena up in Everett, and you've got a magnificent two-tier building that they got shit lined out for. And you know, I, I think I became a huge Everett Silvertips fan 
um, on my first game that I ever saw there back in, I think it was 2007 during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It was their goalie's birthday. Uh, his name is Leland Irving, and he pitched a 32-save shutout on his 18th birthday um, to win 3 nothing. And it was just absolutely one of the best things. He ended up going on to play um, several years, I think, in the Flames organization. Which okay. is good. But, yeah. So, the moral of the story is we're going to be going up to Everett, and we're going to need as much, uh, oh, this podcast, love and support. Um, <laughs> so, hashtag fuck cool bird. Go, go tips. And then <laughs> and I'm going to yes. fly home. You're going to fly home. Uh, anything else? I, I believe there's a fast food establishment that you're uh, probably fond of that you may make a run to. There might be a jack-in-the-box run at some point in time. Anytime you're on the West Coast and in the Pacific Northwest, you have to take and go to the jack-in-the-box. Uh, order off the dollar menu and feel like that heartburn for like three or four days. But that's <laughs> definitely going to be there. Um, in all seriousness, that's going to be my trip this time. It's going to be a really quick trip in terms of watching a lot of hockey. Um, for people that want to like, – Seattle's a great place to go uh, and visit. It really can be kind of tough to watch. Uh, it does rain a lot <laughs> and during the months of not August and September. Uh so when you go vacation, try to vacation out there. But the outdoors are absolutely fun. Um, just know that you it's a car city, so you're going to want to take and do that. But there's so much things that you could go do in there. I just don't have time this trip to do all that. Sure. But it's one of my favorite places to go watch music and everything. Uh, the food is great. But I, you know, you know, if if I'm doing like the Anthony Bourdain, the layover, that's my trip. It's a three-day layover. I'm going to see two hockey games, <laughs> eating some teriyaki, and just jonesing on some jack-in-the-box and then hitting back on the plane, flying that Alaska Airlines back, you know, getting that MVP status up there. Probably probably taking some jack-in-the-box with you uh, to all the way to the airport and then having to hopefully scarf it before you have to discard it at TSA. Hashtag fuck cool bird. <laughs> Sky point. All right, Patrick. Well, now that we know where uh, where you're going to be, why don't you uh, and and the the experiences that uh, you recommend for the fine city of Seattle? Uh, why don't you take us out with uh, where we can be found on the interwebs? We can be found on the interwebs at ohthispodcast.com. If you want to take and find us live tweeting, I'm probably not going to do it, but you can definitely expect a hashtag Coolbird Everett Silvertips over the weekend on our Facebook page. Um, if you haven't done so, you can follow us individually at S. Hombaker, Steve Hombaker. At, at Steve Hombaker. And at P. Ferrar one on Twitter. We are on the Instagrams as well. We are just on everywhere you can uh, find your podcast providers uh, to take and find episodes. Uh, if you want to support the show, please uh, feel free to visit the website. Uh, stop over at our Patreon site. And also, if you are doing some shopping um, on Amazon... If you want to take and support the show and shop through our links, we're more than happy to help you do that. So, Steve, thank you again for our 44th episode. It was our Hank Aaron episode. I wish it was our Pistol Pete, but we'll take and do that the (laughs) next time we have 44 episodes. Um, Any last parting words, thoughts, uh, quims, qualms, quotients? Booms. Uh, I will say uh, I'm going to reserve judgment on Cool Bird because I watched him in a mascot uh, home run derby. From that they held for the Triple A uh, All Star Game in uh, Tacoma this past year, um, and I liked some of Cool Bird's antics. But I'm not saying that he, he's a good guy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold judgment. So if you can get me some information on Cool Bird, if you can get me some some tangible video on uh, what it is he's doing to make him a bad guy, then I'll be right on board with you. So I won't say hashtag fuck Cool Bird, but I will I will support your right 
to say hashtag fuck cool bird. He poops with the door open. Until <laughs> next time, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. And we are out. <laughs>